This podcast contains material of an adult nature. It's not safe for work or appropriate for children under the age of 18. If you're offended by mature content, please stop listening now. The stories included in this podcast are not checked for factual content and are for entertainment purposes only. It's secondhand story time. Hello, and welcome to episode number 96 of Secondhand Storytime, the show where we tell stories we heard from someone else. I'm Will Kistler, and I'm your host. One of my New Year's resolutions this year is to actually start turning out the show again with some sort of regularity. In the first of what will hopefully be many, I'd like to welcome Margot back to the show. She's got a story about a mystery that took place further back in her family tree and took multiple nights to get to the bottom of. Here's Margot with the story of Nature Calls at Night. Please enjoy. All right, so I'm happy to be joined again by uh, Margo. So, Margo, thanks for coming back on. It's great to be back. And uh, so, you know the drill from last time. You have a, a story from someone that you didn't witness personally. Exactly. I wasn't even born yet, oh, so perfect. <laughs> even better. Well, whenever you're ready, yep. you can go ahead and jump in. All right, so this story comes from my mother and my grandmother, who were there to witness it, but I wasn't. Um, this takes place... Back in the very late 50s, very early 60s, um, I live in a very nice, quiet little town, and it was still a nice, quiet little town back in the 50s and 60s. I grew up in the same house that my mom did. And so back then, nobody would lock the doors at night when you went to sleep. It was a, you know, safe area. Nobody really had to worry about anything. Well, one, one early morning, my Oma, which is my grandmother, she gets up, and she's about to start her day, and she walks into the kitchen, and she notices that the back door is wide open. She's like, huh, I must not have closed it last night when I let the dog out. So she goes, shuts the door, goes about her day. Next morning, she gets up, and the door is open again. And she thinks to herself, I went to bed. My husband was still up. He must have left the door open. So she goes over to my opa and says, did you leave the door open last night? And he goes, I don't think I did. Maybe I didn't close it all the way. Maybe the wind blew it open. I'm like, okay, that's why the door is open. And everybody just forgets about it. Third morning, my Alma gets up again. The door is wide open again. <laughs> and she goes and reads my Opa the riot act. <laughs> you can't just leave the door open. Like, I get that it's safe, but you have to, sh- you have to shut the back door. You can't just leave it open. Yeah. He looks at her. He goes, no. I know, I, I shut that door, I didn't lock it, but I shut the door, it's no big deal, you know, how is it getting opened up? So then they start to worry, and they think that maybe somebody's coming into the house in the middle of the night, and they start looking around, and nothing's been moved, and nothing's been taken, but they're legitimately freaked out about it's it. It's a little weird to have someone in your space when you don't know about it. Exactly, and even though it's a nice neighborhood, you know, at this point, my mom and her two brothers are still fairly young. It's not like they're going out in the middle of the night partying and coming back and trying to sneak into the house. <coughs> Even if they did, they'd probably cover their tracks a lot better. Right, they wouldn't just leave the door so, wide open. Exactly. So they decided they're going to stay up one night and see what happens. So they are, you know, sitting in the living room and the dining room, just so this way they kind of have a view of, you know, what's going on on the streets and everything else to see if anybody comes up to the driveway and goes over to the back door. And then they hear one of the bedroom doors open, and my Oma gets up and looks, and her oldest son, my Uncle Roy, is walking down the hallway, 
And his eyes are closed, and he's just walking, <laughs> walks over into the kitchen, and right out the back door. And he, once he's out the back door, he stands on the porch, opens up his shorts, and takes a piss off of the back porch. <laughs> and she yells at him, and he doesn't wake up. And he just finishes what he's doing, puts everything back away, and then goes and walks back into his bedroom without shutting the back door. That's funny. The next, and the next morning, they yelled at him for it, and he's <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're making it up. And they stayed up the next night just to check it again, and he did it again. And he was sleepwalking and just peeing off the back porch. And after that, that's when they started to lock the door, and then he stopped doing it after that. <laughs> wow, that's uh... I mean, that's definitely better than a prowler coming in from the it outside. It is better than a prowler, but, you know, it's probably a little unnerving to know that your child's sleepwalking and peeing off the back porch. Yeah. I would have been worried that he would have just peed in the kitchen. Yeah, or, like, slept walk down the street and kept going. Exactly. Exactly. He could have just kept going and, you know, woke up and not even known where he was. How old was he at the time? Do you remember? Um, I think that he was 10 or 11 years old when it happened. So it was probably for him, it was... He, it was probably the very early 60s when this happened. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty young. Mm-hmm, yeah. And there's a history of sleepwalking on that side of the family, it turns out, and even I did it as a kid, but I didn't do that. <laughs> yes, well, I, I imagine it's easier for little boys to go outside and pee and to not yeah, wake up. Yeah, I think it would be. You know, I think for a little girl to go out and do it would create quite a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a pretty good treasured family story ever since. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now, I totally understand about the not locking the door. I grew up in the kind of way far out in the country. Mm -hmm. So there was not a big call for having doors locked. Yeah. Or, you know, even closed. We were so far out. We would just keep Exactly. And especially in the summertime, you'll leave the door wide open just in order to get, you know, for us to get the sea breeze in and everything just to cool the house down, you know. But, you know, even though... We really don't do that anymore, but I can completely understand doing it back then. But they were probably pretty scared that there was a, somebody coming into the house. And, you know, my grandparents were both immigrants right after World War II, so they were probably worried about other people doing things just because they didn't like them. Yeah, I could, uh, it's good to cover your bases. Exactly. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. That's fantastic. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. And that does it for this week's episode. Huge thanks to Margot for sharing that story. I mentioned it last time she was on, but uh, Margot and I have never actually met. She is one of the listeners of the show who I don't know personally, but who got in touch because she had an interesting story or two. And so special thanks for taking that extra step. And for everyone else, um, please get in touch. Uh, I'm constantly looking for stories. Uh, part of the problem with keeping production up is that I just don't have enough. And it's people like Margot and people like you who are going to keep this show going by getting in touch. So, again, big thanks, Margot. If you liked this story or didn't, you can make your feelings known by leaving a comment on the blog at secondhandstorytime.com. While you're there, you can also find links to subscribe, either through RSS or through iTunes, and links to the Musician Gummery and the License, which is a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Unported License. You can become a fan on Facebook at facebook.com slash secondhandstorytime, or follow for updates on Twitter at secondhandstory. To get in touch directly, either with longer feedback, private feedback, or a story submission, you can write to will at secondhandstorytime.com. Perhaps, like today, you have a story of someone who slept through something that most people wouldn't sleep through. 
submitting a story is incredibly helpful to the show. And the other way you can support the show is to tell someone else. If you enjoyed this episode, think of a friend who might also like it, and send them a link. That does it for this first episode of 2013. Thanks to you for listening, and we'll have another one very soon.